May mercy and grace and peace be yours on this last Sunday of the church year. From God our Father and from his Son, his only Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. I was born in a city, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and for my first 18 months I lived there and then Springfield, Illinois. But except for another interlude in Wyoming for three about three years, I always grew up in the country, first in Ontario, then in Nebraska, then in Michigan. And since both my dad and my mom were raised on farms in Iowa, almost all of my aunts and uncles and cousins lived on farms. There were chickens and hogs, beef cattle, and milk cows. And there were fields of hay and corn and oats and soybeans. But there were no sheep. My only experience with these fuzzy, woolly creatures came from watching shepherds with their sheep wagons and sheep dogs in the mountain valleys of northern Wyoming, and also from a one-day adventure in the summer of 1974 when I was hired to help a farmer in Canada load the sheep on a stock truck for their final journey. But that's another story for another day. I don't know what experience any of you have had with sheep or with shepherds. But today, that will be our theme from God's word as we hear both law and gospel in Ezekiel chapter 34 and discover the searching, seeking, and separating shepherd. People God dearly loves. I have three questions But I need to tell you that I'm not going to ask or answer them just from the perspective of a Middle Eastern shepherd or a sheep station stockman, as they call them in Australia, but from Holy Scripture. These are the three questions. What do shepherds do? What must shepherds do? And what will and must a certain shepherd do? Before answering those questions, I want to set them in the context of the biblical narrative. That will help us listen to the word of the Lord delivered by and through the prophet Ezekiel. I'll start with Abraham in Genesis 12. He's really Abram at that time. Shortly after he immigrated to Canaan, he went on down to Egypt because of a famine. You might remember that there was a bit of a kerfuffle because Abram didn't tell the Pharaoh that Sarai was his wife. After that was cleared up, the Pharaoh dealt well with Abram. And this is how the wealth of Abram was described. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. In Genesis 22, 10 chapters later, a lamb and a sheep are key parts of the story when young Isaac climbs Mount Moriah with Abraham and asks this terrible but important question. Father, the fire and the wood and the knife are here, but where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And miraculously, God does provide. A ram is caught by its thorns in a nearby thicket. Fast forward some 600 years. When God appears in a burning bush to call Moses to free his people from slavery in Egypt, what is Moses doing? He's working for Jethro, his father-in-law, tending his flocks. He's working as a shepherd. And when Moses returns to Egypt, 
to lead the Israelites to freedom, this is God's command with the tenth and final plague. Take a young sheep, a male, an unblemished yearling, kill it, prepare to roast it, but use the lamb's blood to paint the doorframe of your home so that the angel of Yahweh will pass over you and your family. Just one more, another 400 years later, when Samuel is sent by God to anoint a new king to replace Saul, he shakes his head, no, to the seven older sons of Jesse. Are there any more boys, Samuel asks? Yes, Jesse replies, there's one more. My youngest son, David, is out taking care of the sheep. So a shepherd becomes the greatest king Israel ever knew. Now we're ready for Ezekiel 34. This is God's word spoken and written about 400 years after King David and almost 600 years before the greater King David. Today's Old Testament reading, however, is part two of this chapter. It is a wonderful promise. It's good news to people in exile. It is gospel to them and to us. But the first part of the chapter is different because the gospel follows law. And this is a strong condemning word that Yahweh speaks to and through Ezekiel. Prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, for thus says the Lord God, shepherds of Israel, you have been feeding yourselves, not the sheep. You eat the best parts. You swallow the fat. Then you clothe yourselves with wool, but you do not feed the sheep. And you have not strengthened the weak sheep or healed the sick sheep or bound up the injured sheep. You have not brought back the straying sheep or gone to look for the lost sheep. So my sheep are scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for or feed them. My sheep have become a prey for wild beasts. These shepherds, the leaders of God's people, their priests, their prophets, have failed to do what shepherds do. They have failed to do what shepherds must do. So that final question remains and needs to be answered. What will and must a certain shepherd do? I want to repeat what I said just a minute ago. Today's Old Testament reading is a wonderful promise. It was good news to people in exile. It was gospel almost 2,600 years ago. And it is gospel today for you and for me. God himself is our shepherd. He searches for his scattered sheep. He seeks out his wandering flock. He rescues them from dangerous places and praying animals. He brings them back from exile. He gathers them from foreign lands. He returns his sheep to, his, to their own land, to their homeland. And this shepherd feeds his hungry and malnourished sheep. He takes them from barren ravines to rich pastures. He leads them to grazing lands 
to the meadows of the mountains. There the grass is lush and his sheep are safe. Hear these words of Yahweh, verses 15 and 16. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I myself will make them lie down. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. As powerful and as comforting as these words were when first delivered through Ezekiel, there is more. For God made this promise to his exiled people nearly three millennia ago. And this is his promise on this final Sunday of November, on this final Sunday of the church year. I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall free them, feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And my servant David shall be a prince among them. This is the promise of a savior. This is the promise of salvation. This is the promise fulfilled when the Lord was conceived by the Virgin Mary and born, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. And since we're just a month away from the festival of the incarnation of Christ our Lord, I'll remind you of one simple but significant detail. Who are the first to hear the good news of great joy delivered by an angel? Shepherds. Of course it would be shepherds. David was Jesse's younger son. He was outside Bethlehem taking care of a flock before he was anointed king over Israel. But Jesus is the greater son of David a greater king, the king of kings, and the great and the good shepherd of a greater flock. This shepherd has compassion on all, on all of us, all of us who wander like sheep without a shepherd. He sees and he loves. He seeks and he searches for all the sick sheep, the injured sheep, the lost and clueless sheep, the ornery and obstinate sheep, the runaway and rebellious sheep. He seeks and he searches for you. And in that compassion, Jesus lays down his life for the sheep. He rescues us from the sin that chains us in its slavery. For on the cross, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. This is Jesus' willing and complete sacrifice. For we are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, 1 Peter chapter 1, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. His blood now marks our doors and guilt passes over us, no longer condemning us. But then as we heard in today's epistle reading, our Lord, this great shepherd, has become the conqueror over death the final enemy, giving us the promise of life forever. And this shepherd feeds us. He feeds us with the nourishing and sustaining word of his gospel. And he feeds us at this altar with his body and his blood, 
broken and poured out for us for the forgiveness of sins. This is our shepherd's rich pasture where we taste and see that the Lord is good. I ask you as I began, what experience you've ever had with sheep or with a shepherd? Well, here's the answer. We are all the sheep of the good shepherd's flock. We are all sought out and rescued. We are all loved and forgiven. We are all placed at our returning Lord's right hand when he separates sheep from goats. And we all sing. Have no fear, little flock, for the Father has chosen to give us his kingdom. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.